Welcome to UCLA Extension's Business Insights with Roger Ternaden, where we highlight hot topics and underlying economic trends useful to you. For 2022, I'm fastening my seatbelt as this year looks to be another one of dramatic change and high volatility. Many of the tsunami-type risks identified in prior podcasts are becoming visible as they speed quickly towards us. Here are the ones I'll comment on today. First of all, the reversion to long-term means or averages is, in my opinion, picking up momentum in the financial markets. As warned, the breach of the 2% level in the Treasury note interest rate just occurred and presents us with the early warning that long-term trends now will move upward in pretty much all interest rates and sooner rather than later. The market is preparing for two or three quarter-point interest rate increases in the Fed's fund rate. Expectations are that the first quarter of a percent will arrive at the March Federal Reserve meeting, with the possibility that this rate increase could be a half a percent instead of a quarter of a percent. As the two-year Treasury note rate moves up to the 10-year Treasury note rate level, we will face an inverted yield curve, which is a precursor for recession. Okay, I'm not going to go deep into the yield curve for this podcast. Here's the point. We're looking in the eyes of a recession, which will again subtract job opportunities for the rest of the year rather than add them. And I'm sure you're not hearing that anywhere. So I'll note once again, this may be a first of hearing it, as it was more than a year ago when we began to sound the inflation alert warnings. Secondly, more important than a forthcoming recession We are now in the high inflation pipeline, which in my opinion is a long-term problem that cannot be cured by higher interest rates. Here's what I expect to see during the first half of 2022. First of all, higher rates across the entire yield curve. As more than two or three federal funds increases get priced into the markets, but to the continuing higher than expected inflation that I see, in energy, agricultural products, raw materials, and upward momentum in labor costs. Actually, we're already seeing these trends, as we described in our prior two podcasts. By the way, all of our 60 podcasts are available at the SoundCloud site. And those we began before COVID and certainly continue them all through COVID every two weeks through the present day. I welcome you to refer to them because they are a record of what we think the main learning objectives have been for the past two years with respect to the economic and financial markets. Please do refer to them as they demonstrate how it's possible to identify trends and trend changes well before they belatedly get reported in the media or even in government reports. All of the trends reported or identified in our podcasts have a negative connotation to the world's bond and stock markets. And let me say this again, all of the trends reported or identified in our podcasts will and will continue to have a negative connotation to the world's bond and stock markets. Rising interest rates moving into a recessionary economy is truly toxic. Number three, one of our identified black swan events has officially materialized, unfortunately. 
Russian military preparations on three sides of the Ukraine. Almost no one except Putin knows the next steps, but he's certainly getting world leaders to pull their diplomats, warn their citizens to evacuate the Ukraine, and prepare for an immediate or an imminent invasion. Even if the invasion does not take place when this podcast posts, it may remain imminent for days or weeks as Putin prepares his next moves. Russia has already sold all of its U.S. debt, so sanctions in this area have no impact. The U.S. and its allies threaten to freeze Russia from using global financial transactions versus the SWIFT system. And if you don't know what the SWIFT system is, I really recommend you Google it. Capital S-W-I-F-T, Global Financial System. SWIFT is the key global banking transfer system. And if we activate a freeze for Russia, in other words, disallow them to use that system, we are effectively freezing them from using U.S. dollars globally. And that could be quite effective, but it's a large enough threat that it could provoke a new round of conflicts. I think we'll soon see. Number four, some may wonder about the economic value of the Ukraine. For those, I recommend looking at their uranium, titanium, and vast natural resources, including coal. Add to that the vast natural resource pipelines carrying energy from Russia to many European countries. They or Russia would have more controls to punish specific European countries receiving the natural gas for disagreements with Russia's political and military policies. And finally, for now, add to that the land connection that Ukraine brings to link Russia and Crimea, which Russia annexed in 2014, and the related areas of the Sea of Azov. And that's sort of an obscure part of the world. It's a very shallow sea, so one would not be putting aircraft carriers in the sea, but it's a historical battle area between Russia and Turkey. One of our long-term listeners asked me for my bottom line on where we're headed and how I prepare for it. I'll answer that, but I want to emphasize I am not acting as a financial advisor, only an educator. Once again, my objective is to help our listeners sort through the mountains of dirt that get generated by the news cycle to help you find helpful economic pathways to enhance your job or jobs in general, investments, and lifestyles. In brief, highlighting the trends that really matter and helping generate real alternatives to avoiding becoming a victim of them. First of all, there is little argument that we are close to peaks in the bond, stock, and residential real estate markets. All these markets have appreciated far more than their long-term trend lines, and you can draw a trend line for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 60 years, doesn't matter. The appreciation has been far higher in recent years than the trend lines. And this is just a fact or a set of facts. Additionally, all markets are cyclical. They all make new highs and they all drop down to make lows. They oscillate above and below their long-term trend lines. We should clearly envision most any market that has years of higher than trend pricing will drop and have a period of low prices before, years later, rebounding up again. We are at the top heading down in many markets, including bonds, stocks, and other financial assets. We're at the top because the Federal Reserve has provided almost free money to companies and governments for more than a decade. Not only free money is created, but the Fed has bought 
and continues to buy new government debts and actually is the main buyer. This is changing. Inflation is the enemy of the Fed by their very charter and by their behaviors to avoid a serious recession, COVID or no COVID. We were on a recession track before COVID, and COVID accelerated the workforce challenges. The silver lining is we learned a lot, including tools for working from home. But we're going to learn a lot more big lessons, in my view, and they're dead ahead. So fasten your seatbelts also. Can the Fed maintain price stability by raising interest rates and dropping back on the amount of government debt they are buying? I say no, and I say absolutely not. The inflation we are experiencing is not from demand push, which is impacted by higher interest rates. Higher interest rates can discourage new investment. They can discourage home buying. They can discourage consumption and credit card usage. But the households are in a very healthy place right now. And the house price increases are importantly driven in main markets by supply shortages. Our inflation is cost push, which relates to shortages and supply chain breaks impacting many commodities. Remember a year ago that a semiconductor shortage was only temporary? This shortage at the time held back new car production. A year later, it continues to. We don't even expect this shortage to be resolved in 2022. And looking ahead for the construction of electric cars and large batteries, how about the prices and the need for nickel, lithium, and cobalt, which are the keys for the newest electric car and industrial batteries? If you look at the price increases there, you will see increases that, will, that are triple digit for some of these areas. Nickel is at a, not an all-time high, but it's at a multi-year high right now and has been heading higher. And if you really think about it, it takes about 20 years in the United States, a little bit less than that in Canada, and substantially less than that in Mexico to get a new mine through all the approvals and into production. But in any event, the timelines optimistically are more than 10 years. Consider that few companies have been investing in new mine exploration and production over the past 10 to 20 years. Consider that agricultural inputs to most of our grocery products have gone up from 15 to 50, five zero plus percent over the past year. These prices are filtering through our stores now, and I'm sure you've noticed. We're at the beginning of these price increases with no relief in sight. How about energy with oil close to $100 a barrel and Russia controlling Western Europe's natural gas supplies? Does anyone really think that the labor unions and the professionals in the workplace, including nurses, doctors, software designers, coders, truck drivers, and so forth, are not asking for and getting large pay increases? They are. And you'll see more and more of that as we navigate 2022. So what have I been doing? I'm cashing in on some of the gains and buying exchange-traded fund inverses, as well as purchasing highly selective mining stocks in areas just mentioned, including commodities trading at historically low prices and ratios. I'm looking carefully at investing in apartment REITs in the B cities, not the major metropolis cities, but the cities that are just under the largest cities. And I mentioned this in a podcast about six months ago, and these REIT funds have generally increased in price. But with rents increasing now and their financing already locked in at low interest rates, I think the real estate investment trusts selectively would be very good long-term investments. By the way, an exchange-traded fund inverse 
If you don't know what that is, it's, it trades generally on the New York Stock Exchange like a stock, except the inverse actually goes up in price as the markets go down in price. So it's just the reverse. And I would really recommend that you take a look at the EFT inverse funds. And again, they trade just like stocks and they are not mutual funds. So you're not locked into them. You can buy and sell them multiple times a day, just like a stock. And these give a mitigation or a counterweight to a declining stock market. Again, I'm preparing for a sharp decline this year in bonds and stocks. It may have already started too early to say right now. And that depends today on political decisions. And this is not a political analysis podcast, but it Importantly, the next days and weeks depend upon political decisions. But in terms of months, it's less dependent on the political decisions, uh, unless they're really terrible and impactful decisions. But even with a negation of bad political or difficult political decisions, we are in a marketplace that is toward the top heading down, in my view. And given that I already have a strong investment position in residential real estate, I am looking at purchasing mining stocks selectively and the exchange-traded fund inverses to protect against the declining market. This is not financial advice. It's only information sharing that I promised for the benefit of learning about business cycles, price trends, and risk management. Long run, I'm optimistic on U.S. stocks, bonds, and other financial assets. Short term, for 2022, I'm preparing for major price declines in these assets as I don't want to be a bag holder or a big loser when they ultimately revert to their long-term trends, which are lower, way lower than the prices today. So in the meantime, be cautious, review your higher education needs, please, review your investments, and above all, appreciate that every market goes through cycles, ups and downs, independent of media coverage, or lack of media coverage, and act accordingly. Be sure to email us at rtornadin at uclaextension.edu on more specific questions, which we will answer either personally or select as part of our future podcast. Hosted by Business and Legal Programs Director Roger Tornadin. This podcast is presented by UCLA Extension and produced by Jamie Moss at Studio 10960. These podcasts are made for educational purposes and are not financial advice. The goal is to educate and provide resources on focused economic and job trends with the latest support research so that you can make more informed financial and career decisions that best suit your personal needs. UCLA Extension offers more than 5,000 online and in-classroom courses taught by over 2,000 leading practitioners to help you get from here to there. For more information on this podcast or our financial and legal programs, please check us out at www.uclaextension.edu. We know it's about your life, not just your money.